I have deleted three podcasts recently. Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. Faith, family, freedom. Thank you for joining me. I've deleted three podcasts recently because the information I presented was not, some of it was not accurate, and some of it did not align with my evolving opinion on what's happening in Ukraine. So I'm going to clear the record. I'm continually doing research on this. You know, I would like to talk about some other things. I really would. But I keep coming back to this in my thoughts, in my private study. What the heck is really going on in Ukraine? And I know the way the media is framing it. And this is the problem. When I see the corporate media and the Democrat Party and people in Hollywood all aligning on the same team, telling us that Russia's bad, Ukraine's good. Putin's got to be deposed. The Ukrainian government is great. I have a problem. Now, let me start off by saying this right off the bat. I really want you to hear me on this. Please, I am not, I'm not a Putin supporter. I am a supporter of the Ukrainian people. I believe there have been innocent people in Ukraine whose lives have been upended. There have been people in Ukraine who have been hurt and there have been people in Ukraine who have been killed. I'm not a Putin apologist. I just want to make that clear right off the bat. You know, I also want to say this. I was in discussion with a very good friend of mine recently who lives in Nigeria. He has a wonderful ministry in Nigeria where they minister to, they try to reach out to people in the jungles. In the jungles of Nigeria, you have the outcasts, you have the gang members, you have the drug addicts. And these are people who have run away from society because of their vices and their lifestyles. His organization goes in to the jungles, tries to meet their felt needs, and, and in the process, tell them about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who can save their souls. And in this life, bring them joy and peace immeasurable. So I was talking to him. I said, don't, don't you feel, Gabriel, don't you feel, well, how do you feel about the fact that your nation is war-torn? Almost from one, well, not, not just your nation, which is war-torn. Nigeria is a hellhole. But the continent of Africa is war-torn, one end to the other. It doesn't make the news in the United States of America. It does not make the news. Why is it that we don't care? And he says it is bothersome and it is troubling that they're left out of the equation, that all eyes focus on other parts of the world and forget this gigantic continent known as Africa. And he told me sometimes their prayer is, thank you, Lord, that only 50 in this town very close to us were martyred as opposed to 150. I mean, the, the, the persecution against Christians is just off the charts there. They're being persecuted by radical Muslims. No one wants to talk about that. Maybe that's why, because it's not politically correct in the United States of America to talk about radical Islam. 
But I digress and go back to Ukraine. What is really happening in Ukraine? What are Americans to believe about rising tensions in Ukraine? Most Americans, including my Christian brothers and sisters, have fallen in line with a one-sided narrative that paints Russia as the aggressor in Ukraine. And as a result, we support sending more and more weapons to Ukrainian government forces. This is what I, I was driving yesterday here in, the, in California, and there's the bumper sticker. We stand with Ukraine. Do you even really know what you're talking about? Do you really know what you're standing with? Are you standing for those government officials that are neo-Nazis within the Ukrainian government? I'm just, I listen, I'm just asking questions. And if I were to say that to some of these people with the bumper stickers, they say, what are you talking about? That's not true. Fake news. Well, it's true. After decades of U.S. military disasters based on such one-sided narratives, Americans should know better by now. And see, that's what's troubled me. I want to get to the root of all this. What are our leaders? What is the corporate media? What are people in Hollywood not telling us this time? They're airbrushing events out of the political narrative. For, for example, let me just give you one really quick. There is a violation right now taking place of agreements made by Western leaders. Well, taking place right now. It's been going on for a while. Years. A violation of agreements made by Western leaders at the end of the Cold War not to expand NATO into Eastern Europe. We, we told Russia, NATO told Russia, this will never happen. Well, it's happened. And then there's the U.S.-backed coup in Ukraine in February 2014. A lot of people who have the bumper stickers, I stand with Ukraine. Did, did you know there was a coup in 2014? It was bloody. It was nasty. It was ugly. It was horrible. It was a coup. But... Did you also know that that coup was financed in large part, organized in large part, people on the ground were trained in large measure by the United States of America, by your tax dollar? Did you know that? You see, the mainstream media accounts date the crisis in Ukraine back to Russia's 2014 reintegration of Crimea and the decision by the ethnic Russians in eastern Ukraine to secede from Ukraine. But those were not unprovoked actions. They were responses to the U.S.-backed coup, by the way, which armed a mob led by neo-Nazi militia people, and that mob stormed the Ukrainian parliament and forced the president, Yanukovych, and members of his party to flee for their lives. Yanukovych is now in Russia. Well, he was an ethnic Russian to begin with, so I guess Russia would be a place where he would feel at home. But his heart lies in Ukraine. Well, he'll never go back there again, I don't think. The remaining members of Parliament voted to form a new government, and they subverted the political transition and plans for a new election that Yanukovych had publicly agreed to just a day earlier. Just a day earlier, in meetings with 
France, Germany, and Poland. Now, as far as this coup is concerned, it's interesting also how the media doesn't want you to hear about the leaked 2014 audio recording of a conversation between Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Nuland. This was in the Obama administration. Newland now works in the Biden administration. It's just a Biden 2.0. It's Obama 2.0. That's what Biden is. Uh, also on the call was U.S. Ambassador Jeffrey Pyatt. They were trying to get around the European Union. In fact, they even said, F the EU. F the EU. And they wanted to get a U.S. protege, a guy who spent a lot of time in the United States, named Yatsenyak, who they call Yats in the call, as Ukraine's prime minister. And at the end of this call, Pyatt told Newland, we want to try to get somebody with an international personality to come out here and help midwife this thing. You know, just kind of move it along. It's amazing. These people, this is like, this is like a board game to these people. A board game, B-O-A-R-D, a board game. And I don't know what the ultimate goal is. But they do not have the Americans' best interest in mind. They do not have the Ukrainians' best interest in mind. There's a bigger plan here, my friends. A much bigger plan. I think that plan has to do with, well, I'm looking at right now, for example, when I was talking to my friend in, uh, in Nigeria. I said, how much is gas a gallon? He said, well, in American, it would be about $10 a gallon. He said, I waited five hours in the queue recently to get some gas. I mentioned this in a past podcast. Five hours to get some gas. Five hours, $10 a gallon to get some gas. What's happening right now in Ukraine with Russia has... There's consequences that have rippled around the world. When you look at all of the companies that have pulled out of Russia, pulled the plug on a revenue source, it is going to affect their bottom line. I'm not saying we should be doing business with anybody, but I'm just saying there's a ripple effect that's taking place around the world. Inflation is through the roof, not just in America, through the roof all over the country, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Gas prices are extremely high in the United States. They're going to get worse before they get better, and I personally believe that this is one of the things that the elites want out of this. They want the economy to go haywire because this just brings them another step forward for their great economic reset, something planned by the World Economic Forum, something I've written about extensively, others have as well. We have been involved in Ukraine for decades. And yet, Ukraine remains the poorest country in Europe. One of the most corrupt countries in Europe. An immoral country. You want immorality? Let me tell you. You think the abortion policies here in the United States are disgusting? They are. In Ukraine... Abortion on demand through six months. Through six months. And oftentimes beyond. Child sex trafficking. It's a known child sex trafficking country. 
It's a destination for some people. That's what's going on in Ukraine. Now, there's another element that's being airbrushed by the media. That's the Minsk Agreement, the Minsk Agreement, 2015. This is just after all the all the uprisings in Ukraine. It led to a ceasefire, a ceasefire, and the withdrawal of heavy weapons from a buffer zone around the separatist, separatist-held areas of Ukraine. So, Ukraine, ceasefire with Russia, withdrawal of heavy weapons from a buffer zone, and Ukraine agreed, one, greater autonomy for Donetsk and Luhansk and other Russian areas of Ukraine. So Ukraine said, okay, listen, we're going to allow for greater autonomy for these areas that are predominantly Russian, and we're going to withdraw heavy weapon, weapons from this buffer zone. Guess what? None of that ever happened. That was the agreement in 2015. It never happened. Now, with all of the influence that the United States has on Ukraine, one would think we would say, hey, guys, this was the deal that was brokered. You really need to abide by it. In fact, we're going to make sure you abide by it. We never did that. We never did that. And so that's part of the problem as well. Russia's saying, you have gone back on our agreement. This is troubling. But what about the United States? What about this coup? That's something that really bothers me in 2014. This U.S. coup was calculated to put Russia basically in an impossible position. If Russia did nothing, post-coup Ukraine would sooner or later join NATO because NATO members had agreed in principle to allow this to happen. Even though Ukraine had never met conditions for membership, there was going to be an exception and they would bring Ukraine in. If this were to happen, NATO forces would advance right up to Russia's border because this is what, this is what happens in every other NATO country. And Russia's important naval base, by the way, at Sevastopol in Crimea, would essentially fall under NATO control. On the other hand, if Russia had responded to the coup by invading Ukraine, there would have been no turning back from a disastrous new Cold War with the West, including the United States of America. Because it's a proxy war for us. We may not have troops on the ground, but we're giving them billions of dollars worth of equipment. Billions! So, to Washington's frustration, Russia found a middle path. By accepting the result of Crimea's referendum to rejoin Russia, but only giving covert support to the separatists in the East. So, now let's fast forward. Let's go to 2021. Obama 2.0. Newland is once again installed in the State Department, corner office, Biden cooks up another plan to put Russia in a new pickle. The United States had already given by this time Ukraine billions. When I say billions, I'm talking $2 billion in military aid since 2014. That's my money. That's your money. $2 billion in military aid since 2014. And, and... Biden has added another $650 million on top of that in recent months. 
That is for deployments of U.S. and NATO military trainers and advisors. $650 billion. That must be a lot of military trainers. 650, excuse me, 650 million, million, million. And of course, there have been nothing to move forward on the Minsk agreement. Nothing at all. So now we have another part of this that's been airbrushed. And that this is back in October. No one wants to talk about this. Ukraine launched new attacks in Donbass. Russia had about 100,000 troops near the Ukrainian border. Uh, they responded to... The, troops along the border of Ukraine has been going on for years with Russia. That's nothing new. The media made it sound as if they were assembling at the border for the first time. Tanks were at the border for the first time. They're always doing exercises along the border. But the, you see, the U.S. officials launched an information warfare campaign and they used the media, and they used social media, and they used Hollywood to make you believe all of these troops along the border, this is brand new, never happened. They're assembling. Oh my God, look at this. Looks like Normandy. This was, this was all brought about with U.S. know-how. It was a campaign to frame Russia's troop movements as an unprovoked threat to invade Ukraine. Essentially concealing their own role, U.S. officials were concealing their own role in fueling the threatened Ukrainian escalation to which Russia is responding. The propaganda has been very effective. U.S. officials and their friends in corporate media are scaring the pants off Americans and Europeans with these tales of impending Russian doom, the invasion of Ukraine. And now Russian officials are saying because of this, listen, the Russians know what's going on. They say U.S.-Russian relations are close to the breaking point. I can understand that. And maybe that also is something that the Biden administration wants. If the U.S. and NATO are not prepared to negotiate new disarmament treaties and remove missiles from countries bordering Russia and dial back the NATO expansion, Russian officials say they'll have no option but to respond with, quote, let me, let me, let me set this up. Russian officials say they will respond with, quote, appropriate military technical reciprocal measures. That's a, that's a war. Well, Listen, this expression may not refer to the invasion of Ukraine, but maybe it's closer to home. Appropriate military technical reciprocal measures. For example, maybe, maybe Russia could place short-range nuclear missiles in, well, in Kaliningrad. Do you know where that is? It's a little sliver of Russian territory between Lithuania and Poland, within range of all sorts of European capitals. It could establish military bases in friendly countries like Iran or Cuba or Venezuela. It could deploy submarines armed with, all, with, with nuclear missiles to the Western Atlantic. Push of a button, boom, Washington is, is destroyed within minutes. 
Well, okay, how about this? How would Americans like it if Russia or China built military bases in, in Mexico? That could happen. China's a, China's a partner with Russia in some of this. We may be about to find this out. I mean, if we, if we go too far, what's to prevent them from going just as far in the other direction? And again, it just makes me wonder, do these fools in D.C. want us in a war? I think we're being played. We're totally being played. This economy is going to hell in a handbasket. We're being played. And now this could escalate into war. We're being played. And why would they want a war? Well, I don't necessarily have the answer to that question, but I do have a theory. And that theory is a great majority of the people serving in, in Washington, D.C. presently uh, were, were children of the 60s and early 70s, those hippie days. And during those hippie days, people saw as a guru, a professor, a professor from Stanford named Paul Ehrlich. He's now a professor emeritus. Uh, Ehrlich was one of the people that put together the first Earth Day, which, of course, was uh, celebrated on Vladimir Lenin's 100th birthday anniversary. Not a joke, it's true. Wrote about this in my book, Climategate. And Ehrlich also wrote The Population Bomb, a Malthusian missive in which he famously spouted wild allegations like this. Ehrlich was concerned about the population of the Earth, hence the population bomb. And so many people who are in power today, deep state, elected office, elites around the world, Hollywood, influencers, they will tell you, they'll look you straight in the eye. There are too many people on the planet. Bill Gates says the same thing. So what's the ideal number? Well, I've heard, I think Bill Gates, Gates even say this, about 600 million, 600 million. How are we going to get from, I think it's 7 billion now, 7 billion of us to 600 million? Well, Ehrlich talked about this in Population Bomb. This is 1968. He said, a cancer is an uncontrolled multiplication of cells. The population explosion is an uncontrolled multiplication of people. We must shift our efforts from treatments of the symptoms to the cutting out of the cancer. The operation will demand many apparently brutal and heartless decisions, he wrote. There are people in high places whom to this day believe that, and perhaps that's just another reason for them to have a war. It would be a, a really um, convenient way to call the population. Now, I know some people would say, I'm, I'm speaking like a crazy man, but it's just a theory based on a quote from one of their very, very popular heroes. These days in which we are living are certainly perilous. We've never seen anything like this, at least, at least in my lifetime. And it should cause everyone to pause and try honestly figure out what's going on, but even more so for the Christian. Christian man, Christian woman, you have the Spirit of God within you. It's there to guide you. 
And that's why Jesus said this in the book of Mark, chapter 13, beginning with verse 33, as he's talking about the end times. He says, watch out, stay alert, for you do not know when the appointed time is. Watch out, stay alert, friends. Keep your head on the swivel. Don't believe everything you hear. He said, it's like a man on a journey who upon leaving his house and putting his his people in charge, assigns to each one his task and then commands the doorkeeper to stay alert. In other words, I'm going on a long journey. You guys take care of my house. Okay, you all have your job description. Take care of the house. You minding the door of this house, stay alert. And he goes on to say, therefore, stay alert. He tells his followers who are listening to him, stay alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, so that he does not come suddenly and find you asleep. I don't want to be asleep. I don't want you to be asleep. I want to have my head on the swivel. I want to be alert. I want to be filled with his spirit. I want to be armed with prayer. And so it is. Lord, please just help us not get sucked into this media cabal's plan. These evil people are trying to control our very minds. And I do pray for my brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And I pray for all people in Ukraine that there will be an outpouring of your spirit and many, many, many will come to know you personally. For in you there's hope, in you there's joy, in you there's peace. And in you, oh, thank you, Lord, there is eternal life. Amen, amen. Jesus' last words, verse 37 of Mark 13. What I say to you, I say to all, stay alert. Thanks for joining me. Brian Sussman Show Podcast, Faith, Family, Freedom. Please spread the word on this podcast if you appreciate what's going down here. Thank you very much, my friends. God bless you.